Of course, if you don't sell the house, you don't get paid. That's what you get paid to do right? to sell a house. You're commission. So if you tell me that you don't get paid if you don't sell the house, buddy, that's that's, that's how the way it works. <laughs> Welcome to the Real Deep Podcast. Real Deep, Real Deep. With your hosts, Usan and Raj. We're here to talk some smack, give you the facts, and all you need to do is listen and relax. Please look before you leap because this shit is going real deep. Real Deep Podcast, new episodes every Sunday, so be sure to tune in real deep. Episode 11. Let me just put my phone on silent because, oh, you know, yeah. this thing's just been ringing off the hook these days. Three three times already, bro. Three times. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Well, I don't know. Like, we're getting a lot of calls for a lot of different reasons at the moment, right, Usan? Market's changing. Phones are off the hook. Didn't you just have a conversation with one of your clients about the new interest rates that came out yesterday? Yeah. I mean, we've been talking, uh, providing you know, at least our advice or counsel to our clients. Um, and, and there's a lot of people that are... They're planning their best that they could plan, but they didn't see the interest rates moving up as fast as they are now. Yeah. Um, or as quickly in one shot. So I think these are things that it's hard to predict if you're not really watching it. And everybody would hope that it stays the same. But that party was a it was, it was a two year party. It's a two year party of cheap, cheap money. Money's still relatively cheap if you think about mm. where we were ten years ago. Even two years ago, you said that's like true. Before the pandemic, um, I think our 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 overnight interest rate was about one point seven five. Okay, and now it looks like we're heading right back to that number, and then some. And then some. Um, so how is that factoring in? Like, I know I'm getting a lot of calls by uh, people asking, like, how is this going to affect my payment? And I'm like, well, it's going to go up. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, people are asking, like, what's that going to do with the prices? Um, and that's one where. Usually there's an effect uh, as the interest rates go up, the prices do adjust themselves. Um, and and a, a couple other calls that I'm getting now are from the people that are still, they're looking to get into the market now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, and I know you just had a deal, um, the I, last one you did actually. The last deal I just did and it was a little scary because the day we got the, fir- the, the offer accepted, the next three days, Canada decided to throw everything at them. Oh One, the new interest rate hikes. Two, that federal budget and the new policies that they want to implement. <laughs> and, and everything else is just happening at the same time. And my clients the next day are just like, hey, did we, did we just make a mistake? Mm. Are, is the market crashing? And I think that comes down to like, why are you buying in the first place, right? Yeah. And like, is it for you to live in are you speculating on just trying to make quick buck and turn it around in a year can we talk about like how long were you looking with these first time buyers for we were looking since september oh so they've watched so they they've been in the trenches with the crazy market we had where we were losing out this was this was offer 10 Offer number 10. This was offer number 10. And they for finally them. got something. And they finally locked it in. And then the day after, when it rains, it pours. When it rains, it pours. Mm. And their fear now is kind of like, is, is, are we going into a recession? Well, those are, those <laughs> are, those are things that um, I guess are on the minds of a lot of people. Um, yeah. But same ways, it's not like we can control as consumers and as agents. We're not in control of whether or not the country goes into a recession or not. But for your clients, was their plan to like a short-term kind of thing or was no. this a lifestyle? This is this is a lifestyle purchase. So they are planning to stay there for at least three to five years. Mm-hmm. You know, they're looking to grow their family. It's a great, it's a good size home for them to build a family. Uh, it's a 
detached bungalow on a very big lot. I think it's like 40 by 130. Oh, that's nice. And uh, it's a three bed finished basement, you know, so they can definitely have room to grow and, and time on their side. And uh, it's not it's not something that they're going to get rid of really quickly. Mm. Uh, they're not speculating on making a quick buck and then flipping it in a year. Right. Right. And that's that's what a lot of we're a lot, seeing a lot of people do that in the past couple of months, you yeah. know. So like in, in, in terms of this now, um, this is I think this is a good opportunity for us to start giving more information to the public too like our our last episode uh we were talking about this before yeah uh, it was with claire right? last episode was more geared towards agents and like how to build a successful business i mean if you're just a regular entrepreneur systems in general will help your business grow whether it's in real estate or anything in real right? life in real life in you real need life. a system I, yeah. I like this one quote where you either design and create your own system or you become the slave to another system right oh, i like that mentality but uh, yeah for the public right yeah so now now let's switch it over and you know with the shifting market i think like for buyers it's a good time to like you know think about th- it. think about think why about you're doing it. what you're doing right mm. and then what makes sense for you um for first-time home buyers you know what's your why why are you doing this uh, right are you just I think like a lot of the things we talk about, like, hey, if you can't afford to get into the market, don't think about like living it in yourself. You know, you just buy an investment condo and rent it out. And that's one of the, the ways we always preach. It's like, hey, you just got to get into get the in market. Somehow. Right? right. And with the with the market right now where we're seeing, we're, we're entering the spring market, guys. I think, what, what's the number? 12,000 yesterday? Just We're just at 11,900 right now. So we haven't, I don't know if we've cracked 12,000. Um, I think we cracked it like slightly. Yeah. But it looks like it's it's hovering around a number. We went from about ten thousand to two to twelve thousand in about a month. Yeah. So it's a good influx of inventory, um, and yeah, like the market seems at this moment now to. Okay, I'm going to ask you two point blank questions. Is the buyer demand still as hot as it was? Just give it two two months ago. Like I think they're the buyers are still there, but they're more they're they're tired. But they're also still ready for the right property. So we are still mm. seeing, I'm still seeing listings that are eight ninety nine, and they sell for one point three. Right. Like there was two. There was one in Curtis that happened yesterday, and there was one right. in in Whitby that happened on Monday. Right. Right. So there is still demand there. It's just these these shitty properties that are looking these these properties that aren't marketed properly. Properly, they're not staged. They're not deck. They're not. They're very like tired they're not modern yeah, they're beat the, up they're beat up <laughs> these are the mark these not everything is selling not everything is going like hotcakes the yeah the beautiful the show homes the good the good shit is those shit that's going to sell now right yeah. and that's where we're going to see the true test of um the real agents out there like how do you sell it how do you sell it like i don't know about you but the last <laughs> the last week i've been getting phone calls from agents who are now starting to put in well, work now they're now they're starting to trip out i'm getting people calling saying like hey you showed the property and before uh, like ju- um, this is just an agent's perspective within the last two years i think nobody was calling for feedback unless unless there were good agents yeah like there were people just letting showings happen 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 and it's like they could be uh they couldn't be wrong they yeah. were getting rewarded at the end of you know the one week of listing a property for with what 60 showings 10 offers they could uh, yo go pull out that postcard real quick what did that oh, postcard here, how say? about this one this one is actually like so we, uh, one of the things we do at the office is investigate marketing 
and to look at what marketing is actually trying to say because like perception is everything yes. when it comes to this but i'm just going to read something here um not every this is this is a postcard that they would have sent out uh to the, after, neighborhood. Uh, to the neighborhood after selling a home uh and it says here uh without giving out too much information it says not every agent can sell your home for four hundred and six thousand dollars over the asking price Find out how our marketing strategy gets you more money in your pockets. If we don't uh, deliver the results you expect, we don't get paid. That's our service guarantee. You see where that? Did you see where? How far I threw that? You fucking one? threw that in the I trash. I threw that in the trash. Can we break it down? Like just one part there. The one part at the end that kills me is, of course, if you don't sell the house, you don't get paid. That's what you get paid to do right? to sell a house. Your commission. So days. if you tell me that you. Don't get paid if you don't sell the house, buddy. That's that's, that's how the way it works. <laughs> that's exactly how it works. Who's paying you to not to sell the house, right? But but where were they lying? <laughs> okay, where were they lying? Okay, so now I would say like this: Was it really lying? The market, if the market's hot, man, you can like I'm saying, you could do no wrong. All you had to do was with your eyes closed, put a property on the market, and you would be rewarded with a crazy price. Somebody else would give you something that you would probably be surprised about. Yeah, I'll, the way I see that that advertisement, if, if by now I'm assuming a lot of sellers will realize that they probably listed it 300 or 350 below market value. And then that there's that one crazy sucker who paid fifty thousand dollars more Whoa. than what it was worth. Yeah. Right. So, it's there's no there's no there's no magic. No magic. And the other one is too. Instead of telling me that you got four hundred and six thousand dollars over the asking price, can I know if you actually got the right number for the house? Is that how much the house should have sold for? Because that doesn't mean anything yeah, unless you got the right number for your client. Your listing benchmark does not mean so anything at this that's, point. That's all. Uh, so when I see this, but then it's like, this is what the public is getting bombarded with. Yeah. So anyways, I digress. Yeah. There's Just, some things that you want to say, like sold the home for above market value. That's more important. Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, this is what people will call about to say, hey, it's just marketing at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. I can, I can respect like the highest sale on the street. Right, record record price. Like, okay, hold on. Should we? Do we know? Do we want it? No, no, no. we don't want to invest more time. Because, like, the the funniest thing that I remember seeing was uh, agents go to quite big lengths, or long, like, you know, they go to they go to certain places to really make sure that everybody knows what they did. And one of the classic ones we laughed about was sold over asking signs. Yes. Right, and sold over asking by how much? Yeah. And then it's like. Uh, one guy puts the sign on, he sells the house, puts the sign record sale on the street. Homie, the guy sells the house the next two days and blows this guy out of the water. Yeah. Does he change his sign? sign? No. This is the fact of the matter is an agent that has worked through multiple markets will be able to give you solid advice, solid counsel uh, when the markets are changing. So now all these people that, no offense, we had a big influx of agents in the last two years because yeah. pandemic, uh, not as many people were like people's jobs were affected. And then people are also noticing the rate of return on real estate. And if they could save on a commission, they figured might as well become an agent, buy and sell my own houses. Yeah. Yeah. and save on something but mm -hmm. you know it's it's one of those things when the market is good you will always see everybody start talking about want to be a real estate agent yeah 
But when the market starts going the other way and you have to put the legwork in, that's where they start dropping by, by from dropping like flies, becoming whatever what else, you know, maybe going part time or, or hedging their bets between two. Yeah, they'll take a, a full time job and then do real estate part time or just hold like their that. license for a little bit. Until so they don't so now to. I, w- I want to get interest. I'm interested in, in your perspective and what we can come up together with. Um, how does this like first time buyers? In a time like this where the market's changing, definitely not like you guys were looking since September. Yeah. There's some first time buyers that have probably been watching since the pandemic started, just going like, whoa. We're priced out. Priced we out, do? or we didn't pull the trigger fast enough, or whatever. So, as a first time home buyer, let's kind of spell it out here. What are the, we want to, we want to simplify the process of yeah. buying. We want to kind of just give it a brief um, uh, summary of it. But what would you say is the, most important thing to do first if you are planning to make a real estate purchase uh everyone's gonna say no matter who you talk to and i'll and a good agent will say this too before they take you out to see any properties is go get pre-approved because you need to you need to know how much do you have to spend, right? Yeah. We don't you don't want to waste time. We don't want to waste time showing you a property that you can't afford. Why why get your hopes and dreams up for something you can't afford? Yeah. Right? It doesn't make sense. Like if you if you want to see that million dollar home and then you realize, hey, I can only afford eight hundred K, why are we looking at a million dollar home? Mm. Right? I mean, now it might be maybe okay <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah now 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 might be a, like different story but in a general sense like the most fundamental thing you should do is if you're going to go to the mall do you have your cards with you do you have your cash with you how much do you have yeah how much can you how much you can buy right yeah. um if you if you're if you're planning a wedding you need to, you you you're going to know how much you want to spend mm. and how much you can spend on that wedding you're not going to be like going all out if you can't afford it if you can't afford it yeah right like you're gonna work within your budget that's right and then also too like i guess um it's important to know um beyond what you're pre-approved there's you might have other sources of money right yeah Uh, that are coming in and one that i saw that it was it was kind of nasty what happened i guess the people are okay now but there was a lot of first-time homebuyers i was talking to that were riding the stock market as they were waiting for you know a property to buy so their their down payment money was actually in the stock market and it, it's it's subject to losses and gains profit and, and losses yeah. right and um and likewise they might have money coming in from a family or something like mm-hmm. that or or they might have a gift coming in but all these things require a certain amount of time like the, you have to be able to verify where these funds are coming yes. from so really what we're saying is that money matters <laughs> when it matter. comes to buying a property money really matters and if the per, if your agent is not asking you about the money situation they're not doing it to be nosy but they're really trying to save you time that's true i f- i feel like a lot of buyers are very hesitant to tell their agent hey we can actually afford like fully fully this much they will hold something back for some reason, and I, I, I totally appreciate it when they say, hey, we're pre-approved for, you know, 1.5, but we're not going over 1.2. Perfect. At least you know. Yes. <laughs> at least you know, and at least I know that there's room for, but if they're telling you they don't want to go, okay, fine, no problem. Yeah. Uh, but the one that's always funny is the, hey, we're only approved for 1.2, and they cap it. You, you, set, you put a hard cap at 1.2 or something, and you're like, so 1.22 doesn't do it for you? No, no, we can't. 
and then like a month later they'll be like, like yes, they'll dude. be like you know what let's up our budget to 1.3 and you're it's like, like where, where was you? where was this extra money that we could have just locked you into something that you actually liked right and now you you've waited a month and and your budget now is the same is the same as 1.2 like if we're if we're talking about between um january of 2021 to february of 2022 mm. you waiting a month to up your budget does nothing for you you set yourself back in the same position that you put yourself into mm. right your your extra 100k was the appreciation in those <laughs> in that four weeks right? <laughs> so it, it makes no sense right okay so that's that's I would say money matters the most. If you get in touch with somebody that knows what they're doing, it can save you a lot of time. Yeah. But I think that's the segment into the next part. Who do you trust? That's true. How do you figure out who to trust in the business? Where, yo, know, I'll get it. We're, we're, we're agents. We see this stuff from the inside all the time. Like we just brought up that whole marketing thing there. Everybody's trying to battle for your business. Yeah. And they all have different ploys and different tactics to get you to do it. One of the most common tactics that we're noticing right now is uh, a discount in service price. Like as a buyer, let's just clear this up. As a buyer, you do not pay any commissions. Facts. To any agent. 99% of the time. Yes. <laughs> that is the way that it works. Yes. The, w the reason is the seller is the one who pays those commissions yes. to a co a wh whoever brings the acceptable offer to it. So there's a lot of people that will base their decision making on who to do, like who to, who to let represent them as a buyer right. based on who kicks them back money. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I know anybody can kick back money, but at the end of the day, the, if the reason the guy's kicking you back money is because he's not putting as much time into this, it's not really his full business, mm -hmm. it might cost you not only in, a term, in terms of money, but you might miss the products that you're looking for mm -hmm. if he can't move or he or she can't move fast enough. Uh, you might also not get all the information that you really need to, you know, like there's some times where if you have a, if you have a, a criteria that says, Every, like it's almost assuming everybody can do the job the same. Yes. But I've seen you work as a, as a buyer agent. You've seen me work as a buyer agent. We're very meticulous people. Yeah. We're representing our clients, whether it's a hot market or not, we're still going to ask questions, knock on doors, find out information mm -hmm. that our clients might not even be interested in. Yeah. But we're f sourcing this information to allow them to make the best choice. Yes. I find it sometimes a little bit funny when the choice is based on just who gives them money back. It's a transaction at the end of the day that... Yeah, or a discount on the price, right? So, like, I feel like um, you've had listings, I've, I've had listings, and a lot of the times, a lot of the calls we get from just having it on Realtor.ca from buyers or interested parties are, are first-time buyers, right? And they're like, hey, if I go direct... They, they read somewhere saying, oh, hey, yeah. if you go directly to the <laughs> seller, seller's agent, you will get a discount. And for, for a market like the one we just had, we're, we're slowly coming out of it because one, more inventory is on the market. There's a lot of buyer fatigue and a lot of changes are happening. So mm -hmm. it's not as competitive. But in a, in, a, in a competitive market where people were seeing 20 offers on a property, how do you expect the selling, the listing agent to service you as, as a client or even a customer? to help you get that property if they're dealing with 20 other people. Yeah. And they're, why would they give you a discount? They're in, yeah, they're, they're not giving you a discount. They have 20 people on the table to yeah. leverage off you, yeah. right? And like, I, I get that one's kind of like, this is just public service announcement for the public there. You gotta remember who works for who in these situations. Right. 
in a real estate situation, just because you're talking to the agent, you got to remember he represents the seller. His job is to get the seller the most amount of money. And whatever you tell the agent, he is not under any obligation not to tell the seller what you've told him. So if you, for example, like this was the funniest one where, you know, like you're, you're going in, you're going to try to get an agent to, you know, bend over for you mm -hmm. because you're representing and you're like, hey, if I work with you, you know, maybe we can work out a deal. Mm -hmm. Like that's a good option for the agent. Yeah. And the agent's sitting there going like, you're, you're about the 15th call I've got that's asking the same thing. Yeah. What's the number you're expecting to pay for this house? You gave him a number, he laughs. Yeah. He says, I have 20, 30 other people that are willing to pay me hundreds of thousands of dollars more than whatever you're doing. Like, no. But but you get two commissions, right? Yeah, exactly. And they'll say, well, you, you, could do, you could give up something on the other end. And it's like, well, look, before you entered the picture, Mr. Buyer, the seller already indicated how much total commission they're willing to give the, 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 the listing brokerage. Yeah to actually sell the house. And if the guy is willing to split some of that with somebody who brings a good offer to him, that's just the nature of the business. So like, if you're looking for a deal like that and you're gonna go bark up the listing agent's tree, you gotta remember, he will just, he will use you to get the other offers up. Yeah, You're just another, you're just leverage for him. You're not necessarily gonna get a deal and he's gonna entertain you, but how often does it happen? Let's, let's kind of keep going along that, um, that kind of train of thought there. Uh, the agents that you're dealing with are going to have to help you navigate your, and manage your transaction through possibly different types of markets. Yeah. And so like in this last market that we were uh, operating in, like called the COVID market. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. So like conditions were a thing of the past. Conditions, I mean, the, one of the two main ones that we're always going to see in there is going to be financing condition, inspection condition. Yeah. Uh, and then you have a host of other ones, but those were the two main ones that they went out the window. Yeah. But it's like, as a buying agent, are you doing your best to inform your client what that means? Like, there's a lot of people that just do not want to go into an offer with no strings attached, like a firm offer. Yeah. Um, but then there's a lot of times where it's, it's because they're afraid of something. But we know the acronym. It's fear is false evidence appearing real. Yes. So they're scared of something that might not be true. Mm -hmm. um, but then it's up to the buyer agent to satisfy their clients while they're going through the market this way. And if it's like how we said day zero, you got to see the property because on day zero, there's going to be two, three offers on it. You got to yeah. be ready. Yeah. And your buyer agent needs to be ready. Yeah. Right. And you need to know how to make decisions quickly in that market. So your agent needs to be the one educating, training you on that. Yeah. Uh, you might have some a lot of knowledge ahead of time. You might have read this, gone on the internet, talked to your parents, talked to your friends who own houses, this and that. Mm -hmm. But the truth is of the matter, they are not selling, buying and selling houses at anywhere close to the rate that an agent is. They're yeah. dealing with two, three properties a week versus people are dealing with one property every four or five years, yeah. potentially, right? So how, did, how, do, how does a good agent now affect your ability to purchase during a hot market? and a slow market, uh, I think it's a lot of experience, right? It definitely is a lot of experience because in a, in a hot market, um, you need the agent, like these, these uh, you need an agent who's gonna live and breathe on the MLS, right? As soon as these properties come out, they're sending them to you. At least they're checking it at least three times a day, right, for at you. Least, at least three um, times a day. And then in a slower market, it's like you need these agents to be stalking these properties to see what's Pre going on. Yes. To see, hey, 
It's, this listing's been on the market and it's been relisted four times. It's been on the market since for for sixty days. Let's see what's going on. Maybe is it is it's te- maybe it's tenanted. Maybe it's uh it's, it needs a lot more work. There's a lot of things hidden behind it. So what's going on? What can we negotiate? Um, yeah, I don't know. Expectations is another one. You said those are very good points that you made. Like, um, the one that is, is kind of standing out to me right now is a few of the people that have bought, like they were first time home buyers and they didn't realize what it, like they're not under, they didn't understand what it meant to buy during a peak. Right. And I, I, I swear, I'm not even like, I'm not even lying when I say this, it hurts my heart to hear that they didn't even know that this was possible. And it's not like the sky is falling. It's not like the world's ending. It's not like the real estate market's going to crash. Okay. No. But these, this is people's lives, livelihoods, and their stress is going to be attached to how much they have to pay for where they're living. Yes. And uh, some people have been given advice that might have been a little bit or a lot of it like loose. The market only goes up. Only goes <laughs> up. You can never go wrong. Interest rates won't rise that fast. Trust me, they won't do it because it will kill the market. And it's like... Dude, the, the market was slowing. So the market started slowing naturally yeah. at the end of February. Yeah. As we started to get more inventory, come around April, now the government's coming in and being like, let's just t- let's just put our hands in everything and say we did something, <laughs> right? Like, like we octopus, didn't man. we we didn't need what they were implementing at all. Like Doug Ford saying, hey, it's it's a blind bidding process that's driving up the price. Oh, oh so oh, let's unpack that one after. But I know, keep going, keep going. Right. So that that's one of them. They're 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 doing a lot more to foreign buyers now. They're affecting pre-construction yeah. or planning to like these are all like all, all the things in the federal budget have not been. They haven't been started. Right. They're just they're just plans. They're just in they're just opinion, fluff pieces right now, air, now. It's all hot air. But this is so. This is this is kind of what I was getting at. Those, these are things that are affecting the real estate market. Yeah. And if your agent is not really aware of these things, I'm not saying they have to live and breathe in the newspaper either and be like, like I can be like that sometimes. I've been told, or, hey man, if it's if, if you're not talking about inflation or interest rates, I always wonder if something's wrong with you, Raj, because you're always <laughs> kind of talking about it. And I'm like, I get it, I get it. Um, but it's at the same time, I know that it's, it's so part, it's an integral part of our business. It affects the psychology and the purchasing power and the demand of people yeah. right so i think it's important to know but like if you don't know don't give advice on it then yeah in my opinion so like another that made me think about like we know people were starting to go outside of the core outside of the city looking for different type of properties yeah and then we started hearing stories about hey i didn't know you were in the cottage market because oh, i'm a cottage I'm, I'm a rural agent now you're like oh really and then how many have you sold well none. Not, <laughs> none but like they're like hey we my clients bought this place here in uh you know, whatever they'll call it, whatever cottage country. And they'll be like, oh, but they got to sell it again now because they, it's just shit property. They didn't know what they bought. And yeah. Like, well, why did you tell them to buy it? Yeah. How did you advise them on what they're buying? Did you tell them how much it costs to maintain? Oh, I've never done that before either. That's like going to a doctor that's not even, he's just got a white uh, lab coat on. He didn't go to doctor school. Yeah. Like, come on, man. If you're not asking the right, if you as a consumer aren't asking the right questions to your agent to, t- to test them, Who's the, who is it to really blame? So it's like going to a general practitioner to get to, to for you to want a gynecologist kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just I'm just flabbergasted. And usually what you hear is, oh, the guy said he'd give something back. 
Like, yeah, when usually when we give something back, it's because we fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> we made a mistake. Yeah. And guess what? We we know that. We know that that costs money. That's why we say we don't want to make mistakes. Yeah. Right? That's why we're very thorough about it. But if you're buying something just on a whim, like... Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of cottage properties come back on the market. Back on the market. Because yeah. these, these were impulse buys because of COVID. And a lot of these agents uh, who sold them these properties didn't really educate their clients because one, they, they, they're from Toronto. They didn't know the market. They just were chasing a buck. Uh, and now their clients are like, hey, there's a lot more work than we, need, we understood that needed to be done. So we yeah. kind of can't do it anymore. <laughs> and like, funny, thing, funny enough, it's, coming, it's happening in a market where you not only paid a peak price yeah because of the it was frothy people yeah. were like i gotta put my money somewhere that's when we I say, gotta put my money when we're somewhere. saying cheap money that's all it means is that money is it costs less money to borrow money yeah. than it does to make the money so yeah. then you can just go spend the money just go spend it on something i gotta put it somewhere and we can't travel right now so let's S- buy a cottage staycations let's do staycations staycations and and a lot of people are regretting that now <laughs> well okay so that's that's that one so you, okay we're we said that uh when it comes to a first-time home buyer they need to they should know these are questions that they should be able to ask their agent and their agent should be able to explain clearly yeah clearly how do conditions protect and how do conditions affect your offer yes right and if we're not going to put in conditions how do we protect protect ourselves so like let's say financing and and a home inspection so like if if you're if you if on the first visit that you go to the property and you don't feel comfortable in it and let's let's say you do have a little bit of time i know you raj you you get you get tj in there and do a quick 30 30 minute home inspection just to test out the major yo my clients want it if if it's gonna help my clients feel comfortable about the house and they're about to pay whatever one million two million they're gonna pay TJ a couple hundred dollars to give them closure, to give them some sort of sense of certainty on exactly. the property. Pay it. Don't guess. Yeah. And don't and then don't say that you didn't have the chance to do an inspection. You didn't want to do an inspection. Yeah. And then at least at that point, like if you do one or two of those quick inspections, you know now as a buyer what to kind of look for next time next time so you may not need to always hire tj to come do those 30 minutes you can when you're looking at it you can maybe make an educated guess after you've done it a couple times yourself right financing make sure like open communication is the biggest thing so make sure that your agent is in communication with your mortgage broker (laughs) so that they know what the fuck is going on can i tell you one story though quickly but like on that exact topic what's your mortgage agent doing a lot of people don't know that we're we're gonna have a segment episode i don't know if it's next or the week after but just to give you a behind the scenes look at the mortgage guys but there was one offer that i was hearing one of our colleagues talk about at the office where they're in the middle of an offer presentation and uh it's coming down to like the wire and and the clients need to know want to know can we increase the budget and go firm that's all they need to know that's all they want to know and they had a chance to get this unit and the agent the real estate agent cannot answer that question should not answer that question unless they refer back to what did your mortgage guy say yeah if the guy tells you don't worry go firm and he doesn't know what the mortgage guy said i think he's stepping out of his lane at that point facts so anyways these poor guys the agent's like if your agent is a good agent, it's one of our agents, yeah. right? If your mortgage agent is telling you that it's okay, I would trust what they're saying. They're the professional on the money side of things, and I can put this deal together if that's the case. I think that gives us the best shot. Yeah. So the clients say, you know, we thought about it, and it's a little bit scary, but let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, 
What do we have to do? Call your mortgage agent. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Hi, you've reached the voicemail of your mortgage agent. I'm not here for you. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, what the fuck do we do? And then they're like, what the fuck do we do? And they call and they call and they call. And you know how it is. We're on a time buzzer. We're at, we have a irrevocable time. Yeah. They unfortunately did not get a hold of the mortgage agent. Yeah. They increased their price, but not removing their condition. Uh, the property sold for just a little bit less than what they ended up offering. Just firm because of though, the condition. Firm though. Yeah. So then after, agent comes, like we were just talking and goes, like what the what what the fuck? You have one job to do. How hard is it? And mm-hmm. then uh, the other question was like, shouldn't this conversation have had ha- been had before? Like if you're if you for example if you're my my mortgage agent, yeah, you don't know when I'm putting offers in unless I tell you or unless you know my my agent or my my client tells you, yeah, right. So you're not expected to be there on the phone all the time, but at least let your guy know, yeah, hey, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So he can be there for you or at least tell you ahead of time that don't worry if you go up to X number, you're fine. Right. The same, the same way, like how our clients can message us and text us in, in any situation, anytime. And if it's urgent, we'll respond. Right. Um, the same way I feel like mortgage brokers should, especially in the hot market we've had, they should have been on the ready. I know a lot of these guys are, are obviously working at the big banks and they're, they're nine to five, mm. right. Or nine to six mm. or eight to five or whatever. Mm. And they're more, they're more structured in the sense that if, if it's after hours, they're if not they going to answer the phone. phone. Yeah. So like the question comes into who are you, are you having these conversations with them ahead of time? Do you, are you comfortable? Like Gorgeous. how many times is your agent going to say, Hey, double check with your mortgage broker that you're okay. Yeah. Make sure like, Hey, offer nights this night, go talk to your go mortgage broker. Make sure you're okay. <laughs> like get it out of the way. I always find that thinking about these things ahead of time is always going to save you time in the moment yeah. because while your your emotions get up. Right. Um, so, okay. That's, that's kind of knowing the market. You got to like, how do, how do you actually select, an agent if you had to summarize that what would you look for if you were a consumer knowing what you know from the industry yes how would you size up an agent um i would size up the real estate agent yeah i would size them up by their availability how busy they actually are like i'm not gonna i'm like as, as much as i want to be like hey i want to go with the guy that's doing 300 deals 300 deals a year i'm like okay so is he one is he handing those deals off to someone else is he personally doing that how does how does one person do 300 deals a year by themselves that's fucking insanity especially if they're buying i can't understand you're selling 300 yes selling is different different, different but if you're buying 300 units you can only show one unit at a time yeah (laughs) like you if if you if you've gone through the buying process at all how long does it take to see five properties three four hours at least right right Three four hours. How is how are they doing that if they're selling three hundred homes a year? Mm, right? Something there's a trade off. There's a trade off that's happening. Maybe they have a showing agent or whatever. And so like in in a hot market, are they on the are they on the MLS three three to four times a day? Yeah. Are they waiting for you to send them stuff and then they just book appointments? Yeah. Like, how does that go? Right. Yeah. So availability and like how how invested they are, I mm. think, is is a key thing. If make sure that they do have time for you, right? If they, how long it takes for them to return a phone call. Right. If it's more than three or four hours, then hey, that three or four hours, a lot could have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will go to expertise. Um, how, where has this agent sold before? What's a track record? Like for me, I would never, I, I personally wouldn't go to Peterborough at the moment because I've never done a deal in Peterborough. Right. Right. right? There's uh there's, there's things you don't know. Sometimes. I don't know the, I don't know the micro markets. Right. True. Like I can, I can learn it. 
I can look at the stats, I can look at the sales, but at the end of the day, there's there's something like there's an agent that that did a deal in Peterborough and they didn't test the soil and the soil was <laughs> was shit, right? Uh, there was like a, what, a nuclear spill that happened yeah, yeah, yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. That and if you know, you know. If you, if you don't know, know, you know. You don't know, right? If I didn't, I didn't know that. If I bought, like, good thing I referred out my client to Peterborough Jeez. because if I were to do that, I wouldn't have done that <sighs> and I would be in the shit, right? Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh my Same God. with like cottages. I know nothing I about know cottages. Nothing. If you know you nothing. Want me to, Oh, I can put in a septic condition. I can put in uh, a condition that will inspect the well, but I know nothing about it, yeah. right? So What's you stay the point? in your own lane. Yeah, right? stay Expertise in my own lane. Is good. That's yeah. a good one. Anything, anything else? Any red flags? Ooh, how about that one? Any red flags? That fucking postcard you posted bragging about 400K over asking. Tacky. That's a red flag tacky, for me. Tacky, tacky, tacky times. I was going to ask you, you said, kind of switch gears here a little bit. When it comes to the first-time home buyers, does this one ever pop? Like, how often does this pop up? And do you have a good way of dealing with it, where they go, "We're looking for our forever home," and you're like, "Oh, it's your first home." Like, you, like, how long do you plan on being here? And sometimes I find that people overestimate how perfect the house really is, and underestimate how soon they might actually want to move on or have a need to move on. Like, nobody can expect the future, yeah. but. I always laugh when it's just like, oh my God, this could be our forever home. And you're just like, yeah, it could be. But like knowing life and knowing the way people are. <laughs> There's so much that changes, right? From like, from the initial buyer cons- consultation that I do, mm. um, they, you always ask them, hey, what are your wants? What are your needs? What are your must haves, right? And by the end of the, by the end of it, when they actually purchase the property, it's the, the what they purchase is sometimes quite different from what they started out expecting, mm, true. right? They're, whether it's like the budget that they're working with doesn't allow them to get everything they want mm. right and and real estate is a stepping stone now we can't you can't afford to spend two million dollars off the bat to get your forever home so mm. you're starting off at 800 500 mm. you're mm. buying a condo for the first time mm. uh, whatever it is but at the end of the day forever home there's a lot that changes your job changes um your 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 family size might change you might not at the end of it you might have bought a four bedroom home and then then when you moved in realized hey you hate kids you don't want kids i don't need this many bedrooms for my cats exactly um so every time people say they want their forever home especially when they're very young yeah they don't realize that real journey is still bloody unfolding just starting three to five years is is the average lifespan you're going to live in a home before you move Mm. right and that's why that's why real estate for agents is a long game and it's about relationships because we know we know you're going to move within five years or later it's going to come up like that um and then yeah like that whole part you were talking about the like the journey the the starting to get into the market and then building your equity do you have like a favorite part or like um like one for, I'll give you my example. Like, you know, when somebody calls you back after you've set them up, you might've set them up as a first time home buyer or like you might've started working with them as like a lease client or a rental. So they went from rental, yeah. they bought something yeah. and now they're selling something and they're moving on. That one right there. That, that feels one, good. That one gets me like, that one gets me like, yeah, man, you're right. You did it. You did it. And yeah. they're like, no, you helped us through all this stuff. They're like, no, 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 I was there. You guys put your trust in me and I appreciate it. Yeah. I hope that it was. It came back to you tenfold. But the fact that you're in a position now to take advantage of the next part and you can move into something that you want more, like I love that. I, I absolutely so love that. When they have to sell their first property, I love that. I like the journey. That, that, that journey is fucking insane because like you're seeing them from 
from renting. Yes. And yeah. then they're like, we tr- that's a that's a that's a family. You're their family real estate agent thing. now, right? You're their lifelong. You start agent. getting invited to weddings and stuff. You're like, yeah. oh. And then I remember that was actually one that made me feel like really good. Where uh, it's a client getting married, and then I'm at the wedding, and they go, "Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> Who are you?" And I go, "Oh, I'm I'm the, I'm the realtor." And they go. The lady looks at me and she goes, oh, I would never invite my realtor to my to my wedding. I'm like, that's because your realtor wasn't me. And I'm like, ah, there you go. Yeah. There's a little bit of ego shot. <laughs> but I had a couple of drinks too, so. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, that that part, like to be part of the journey for a first time home buyer, because like that is a very scary thing. It's a huge asset. Like we're not lying when we say that this is the biggest, likely the biggest transaction that the person's going to make yeah. throughout their life. And like to be part of it, not only to be part of it, but to deliver results Mm -hmm. and to deliver an experience that the client feels comfortable about that's the name of the game if you don't feel comfortable with who you're doing business with yeah ask yourself why you're doing business with them there's no like one that kills me sometimes too is the first time home buyer gets pulled and and jostled by a lot of different people because they're all trying to give them their advice everybody like if you if, if a first time home buyer walks into a bar everybody is going to be like ooh first time home buyer let me bombard them with what i know about real estate yeah. and it the could parents be ages, are coming out parents of the sisters brothers whoever coworkers everybody's going to tell we them we bought the story. property 5 years ago this is what our process is you should do the exact, exact same, same way and the no. guy's like oh he's like a baby with his head just like can't support it. Whoa. Oh, this is a lot, right? But then, yeah, that person ends up having to take that information and do something with. Yeah. So there was one that we heard that was just like, it was kind. Of, it wasn't like it, it was like, hey, who are you going to select to be your buyer agent? Mm. And it goes, I'm just going to use the agent that my, you know, my my parents suggested or whatever, mm-hmm. family friend or whatever. Uh, and what are they going to do for you? I don't know. They're going to help me buy a house. Yeah. You're like, oh shit. You're like, okay, well you just at that point you have no choice but to hope mm-hmm. and pray that the person you're about to do business with is good. Is good. Because if they're not good, you're gonna get you're gonna cost yourself time. Yeah. Which is obviously one we say one of the most valuable commodities, if not the most. You could potentially cost yourself money, uh, which obviously is not easy to come up with these, some some mm-hmm. of these days. And also too, it's your stress level. Yeah. That that's one that's under under undercover, like the whole process is stressful. Yes. Our job is to make it as less, like least stressful to the client by taking care of all the little things that would keep you up at night. Yeah. So if that means checking this component or that component of a house, doing a little background check just to say, hey, we checked it. This is what we found out. Mm-hmm. We checked it. This is what we found out. Fine. Um, but yeah, there's there's times where you're not going to find out how much it costs you until it's too late. Yeah. And what that means is you might lose the house that you really wanted. Mm-hmm. Your agent might not know how to act aggressively enough in order to get the actual offer accepted. Mm-hmm. They might not actually know how to negotiate properly. Right. And you might end up having to pay more just because your agent is not good at that. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that I think the first time buyer or even any buyer has to contend with. Mm-hmm. Everybody's always got something to say to them. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what you want matters most. That's why the agent matters to you. Yeah. Because the agent doesn't work for any of these people that's telling you to do this or that. Yeah. The agent works solely for you. Yeah. Agent's working for your best interest. Yeah. And if you don't feel that way, if you personally don't feel that way about you f- who you're you working with. If you feel like with, they're, ho- they're hoping for just a quick buck out of you, yeah, then... Buzz off, buzz off, man, buzz right? off. And it's your right to do that. And like, hey, that's another one too, contracts. 
Right. This might be where we kind of end it off because I don't know people don't like contracts, but like, do you ask your clients to sign contracts, buyer representations? Uh, I do after a certain point. I I used to be like. I've always been told from the old folks that you have to get the BRA signed before you do anything. And before we go any further, can you just explain what that is so that anybody uh, that's anybody yeah. that knows listens to us needs to know that. So BRA ABRA stands for Buyer Representation Agreement. It pretty much just uh, is an exclusive agreement between you, a customer or a client, and the agent being like, "Hey, we are choosing to hire you and represent us in trying to find a home." Yeah, they're using the the, rep, the brokerages. Rep- yeah, they're using the brokerage to represent, and then subsidiary is is you being their, their their agent, right? Um, what does it outline? Uh, it outlines commission, the responsibility of the agents, and um. There's a, there's a lot of small things in there. Like may, where may, are you going to be working? Where, yeah, the area you're going to be working, the, the, the term of the contract. Yeah, like whose job is whose job. Whose job is whose job. And what happens when, let's say, there, there's a there's a bit in there. The only thing that I always get pushed back for in that that, B, that BRA is the commission where oh. it says like, hey, if the sellers are only offering 2% and you put 25 Technically, technically yeah. we the the agent you hired could come after you for the rest of the money, right? But usually they they don't. They right? don't. They'll like, take. Just trying to put it together. Yeah. It's standard. Uh, that's usually the the biggest pushback that that. that and I now, get. in your opinion, does the having it signed versus not having it signed as an agent? Let's put that aside. We know why we like to have it signed. I'll just explain that quickly for myself. It's to show commitment. Yes. If I'm signing off on that, that means that I'm committing to working with you. If yeah. I don't sign that and you don't want to sign that, then it's kind of like an up-in-the-air kind of relationship. Yeah. So I, I like to do it because I agree with, I agree with everything that goes on that buyer representation mm-hmm. agreement. After explaining it to the clients, if they like what that is, then we sign off on it and say, let's start the journey. Yeah. But now from a consumer point of view... Uh- is it beneficial for somebody to sign a BRA or there's a lot of people that let's just call it call it as it is there's people that shop around with agents yeah there there's a lot of there's a lot so like they don't work with one person specifically like we we're talking about the guy that w- will go to the listing agent yeah i i the way i work is that i i hopefully build enough trust with them to be like hey listen um if you want to work with other agents just go for it let me just just let me know so i know how to prioritize my time right right? um but i do i do understand like the commitment thing because i've definitely been burned by clients who i thought were clients and then they end up buying with someone else and at the end of the day i didn't have anything assigned to kind of hold them to that right um but there's also the for the consumer side it's like hey listen i'm not paying you anyway so i'm just gonna you know have 12 agents working for me sending me the exact same listings <laughs> and then i'm gonna choose who i want to like go with yeah. right because at the end of the day we all have access to the same mls yep. we're all we're gonna send you uh more than likely these agents are gonna put you on the same drip campaign and send you daily listings in your email yep. at 2 a.m yep. with the same fucking properties <laughs> right so it's like it's like you can hire 12 people Unless you're hiring a specific one who only does exclusive pocket deals that aren't on the MLS, 
you're not getting anything special. You're not getting anything more. Yeah, unless like for me before when in a in a slower market or even a hot market, uh, if my clients had a property that they really liked and we weren't finding it, I'd go to those neighborhoods that they were looking at and door knock those door doors knock and that's be what, like, that's hey. what a buyer agent. Yeah, that's what I that's what I did in the, in the past. I will still still, still do, that. do it. But uh, like that's what an agent does. He does behind the scenes work that you would be like, oh really, you did that? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that you would do that. Yeah, like, yeah the, that's not what anybody advertises. Nobody says that's how I find you properties. That's how I find out yeah. what I can do for my clients. Like I'm not just sitting on my ass, <laughs> just waiting for the MLS. <laughs> waiting, Brian. That's the thing. Like, okay, that's another one too. Where, like, as a buyer agent, and a buyer agent mm. needs to do more than just open the lockbox, turn the key, open the door, and say, "This is a kitchen." <laughs> this is a bedroom. Yes. And this is, in case you don't know, laundry area. Yeah. There's goes more. Like you need to know the components of a house. You need to know what the ho- like why what makes a house good. What can make a house better. What can make the house worse. What mm-hmm. you should fix now. Fix later. All that stuff. Right. So it's a skill set. Right. It's a, it's definitely a skill set that comes uh, with experience. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, for a first time home buyer and a first time agent. Oh. What kind of shit show could that be? Maybe not that bad of a shit show because we see people here at our office who are invested in the systems that our office produces yeah. for them and they do fine. But then we see the other ones where it's like, person has no clue what they're, like literally no clue what they're doing and they're in charge of hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars. Yeah, like like for me personally, like if, if it was a brand new agent at Century 21, Percy Fulton, and I was uh, a first time buyer, uh, knowing what I know, uh, I'd be okay with having them represent me because I know the the backing and the support system strong. with with Percy Fulton is so strong. Like like uh, we had an agent that did a deal uh, his first purchase, and literally the management team was there with him like until lock and step every step of the step way, step of the way, making sure everything was done yeah. right, and that gives me confidence. Yeah. Right? But there's also other brokerages I've been at where like no, you're you're. If you're new, you're left out in the wind. You know, I had one where, okay, so like this is the last listing that I was selling there in Pickering. This guy goes, it had like, what, 13 offers on it. And then one of the offers I got was just a, a mess. It was a mess. Mm. And it's like, it's not even filled out properly. Oh, fuck. So basically, I sent me, he basically sent me more or less an incomplete agreement of purchase and sale. And he was asking me to start filling in the information for <laughs> his clients. And I'm like, buddy, you must be out to fucking lunch. I go, where the fuck did you get your license from? Yeah. And he goes, he goes, oh, you know, I'm very busy. I'm like, what? Doing real estate? Probably not. What's your other job? And he goes, yeah. oh, I work in a restaurant. I go, fantastic. Well, I'm not doing this for you. This is not the way that you handle your clients. And I have to give him the shit. I have to give him the, the stiff end of the stick yeah. there, right? Because this guy's saying, oh, trust me, brother. It's a good offer, this and that. I'm like, not only is your offer not competitive, you don't even have people's names on this offer. There's, this offer is a ghost. There's nothing here. I won't present this to it's my a blank clients. offer with just a And number. he goes, please, please, please. I can do better. I can do better. And honestly, I just ended up telling my clients this is the situation. Because you never know. Mm-hmm. If they want me to deal with this person, I will. But then I'm like, explain it. They go, this guy seems like a riffraff. Yeah. And the thing is, I knew that. My clients as the sellers knew that. They didn't feel confident. Not in the, in the people. 
in the agent they didn't feel confident in. So like, why would we even work with this Cause person? It, yeah, because if, if shit goes wrong and you, you do accept that deal, gonna do he's going to do something? No, he's going to be serving tables. Like, the fuck? Uh, it reminds me of one deal we did last year for a condo. Um, we were on the buy side and there was five offers on it. We ended up winning. Um, and then a month later, we get a call from an agent being like, hey, listen, the property you bought at XYZ, um, my client had someone representing them that was very new to the business and they didn't understand the bidding process and they lost out. So I'm calling you because I'm now representing them and they still love the property. We want to buy it from you. Really? And then we said no, obviously, because there was nowhere else. Like my clients were in love with that property too, but, but they, the, uh, the agent that called me pretty much ratted out the other, the other agent because he's like, listen, they hired their cousin who just got into the business, didn't understand the process, didn't educate their client on the process. And they lost out on a property. They're like, we would have paid 10 times, like uh, 20 K more than what you offered, but they didn't understand the process. That's pretty dumb. Right. So like. You have to know who you're getting into bed with, and and I that's the huge. So. If you don't do that, if you don't do that, you're not doing yourself a favor as a as a consumer, right? Yeah. Let's say like, be a savvy, be a savvy buyer. Yeah. Not a not a I hope this works out kind of buyer. Yeah. So I know we don't usually make pitches on the on the podcast, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, like what we're trying to do with this podcast is to go deep into the real estate world uncover perspectives that we we believe are important for the consumers to know as well as the people in our industry to know exactly. so we're hoping that this is like an education it, it's educational it's insightful we're hoping to make you laugh and you know uh, chuckle a little bit here and there but really we want you guys and to have a grasp of how this whole thing works and we want to know that or we want you to know that as agents, this is how we live and breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what we do. This is our creed here at the office. And if you're dealing with anybody from Percy Fulton, Century 21 Percy Fulton, you're going to know that you're in good hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just between Usen and I, I've watched Usen work. He's watched myself work. And we stand by the quality of our work. That's why we want to do more business because we know we can handle it. Exactly. And uh, there's times where you have to draw a line in the sand and you have to do what's best for you. Mm-hmm. not what's best for somebody else or not trying to do a favor to anybody. You have to select the best person for the job. Mm-hmm. You only get that by asking questions, right? So, Hey, if you're looking to purchase, buy or sell, or you just want some advice and you want to yeah, talk, just job, holler at us. Just we're we're happy to line. talk. We drop like to talk. <laughs> drop us a line on the podcast line. Yeah. Like we got to do emails in the description. That. Shoot us a DM on Instagram or follow us on, fa- on, on, on our personals. And, uh, it's been a pleasure. We're going to do a lot more of these. Signing off. Signing off with the Real Deep Podcast with oh, Raj and Usain. That's it, baby. Let's and market's go. not falling. Everybody just relax, <laughs> relax, relax, right? Stabilizing, Stabilizing, right? Stabilizing, and then we'll have we a... We see this happen every time. Every like, time. new new policies get introduced, new shit happens, and people are like, oh! Mm-hmm. And then a month later, everyone comes back at the same time. That's exactly what happens. All right, peace. Peace out, guys. Safe in the meals. As he heaven was just a call away. I knew heaven was just around the way. When you live in the lodges and you getting it legal, they gon' shoot where your heart is. Got me feeling cerebral. When they fuck with an artist, they don't treat them like people. Now they see me smiling on the stage. They don't see what I'm burning on the stage. Just to get to my target every day. Just to get all the evil around from me. I ain't crazy, I'm venting. I don't wanna cause any drama or mentings. I don't wanna load in the game when I'm venting. I just wanna be in my space.
share with you all the depending. I don't wanna fuck girl, I just wanna friend thing. Said it with a drop of a hat, I'm a ending. Till I get a buzz and no time that I'm lending. You ain't got no space in my mind, you was renting. Uh, rather fuck with a zenting. Yeah, someone soothing my aura. Uh, don't want people pretending. Yeah, when I'm being myself, it's worth the hit. Every day they try to take the crown away. Even though I'm the royalty in place. Thought that shit and they smiling in my face. Do this shit for my family. Do this shit for my loved ones. Trying to fuck with my family. I'ma kill all your loved ones today. Gotta cut all your grass and start again It don't matter, don't ever stop the rain yeah, I just hit my doggy, I still hit for 92 All these bitches going and I'm gonna love me like zoo I'm on getting money, toss it all around my room Got me feeling crispy, I don't need no 50 I just hit that jackpot with my mask on, she my mascot I just hit that jackpot, got my flask on me, I'm leaning I make what they craving, what they wanting, what they feeling Every time that song come out, I'm Feelings, you gon' act like a child, uh, and you gon' get a beating. Mm, so I hope it was worth it. Yeah, talk your shit like you mean it. Uh, I'ma go that shit solo. Oh, are you still home and dreaming? Uh, they gon' play Marco Polo, uh, cause they no longer see him. What you think you a big cheek? Uh, you was smiling with big teeth. Uh, now you lookin' like Miss Me. Uh, while I'm off and I'm touring. Uh, see, this could've been you here. Yeah, you still sleeping and snoring. Yeah, do this shit for my family. Do this shit for my loved ones. Try to fuck with my family. You gon' see all that blood run. That money they give it all to me Cause they know I'm the realest in the place I'm so dumb and humble every day So consider me thrown on the stage 